All right, blockaders, you know what time it is. It's time to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend himself after a high day of clamming, Mr. Robin Vote. Let's sit back, relax, and make the jump into a galaxy far, far away. Man, rumor has it that galaxy's even out far past Dorchester. Hey guys, what's going on? What's up, folks? Welcome back to Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. That's right. You just recently heard me spewing a bunch of different things happening on the last episode. But guess what? This episode is at a whole freaking new level here. Uh, sitting across from me, he needs no introduction. It's the man from Home One Hangout and my good friend, Mr. Mike Moriarty. Mike, what is up this evening, my friend? Oh man, you know what? I've been uh, I've been looking forward to this ever since you asked me to uh, come on, and ever since I got to meet you. Oh yeah, what even uh, what? Just over a week ago. Yeah, um, I'm I'm honored to be on here. I love I love guesting, but I definitely love guesting with uh, friends of mine. So this is going to be good. Oh man, yeah, let's. I don't know if the good people know that. Of course, they've seen it on Instagram. They've seen it on Facebook. The picture of you and I over at B Wings at Brewskins, the event the Rebel Cause put on. But man, it was so funny when you walked in the door and you showed up with your Vader jersey, number one. And I was like, wait a second, who's the only other podcaster that has the guts, number one? Because a lot of people are kind of weird about the Star Wars jerseys thing. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. Mike Mike would totally rock a Vader jersey, man. And (laughs) people don't know that first, it was such a great honor to meet you in person. And especially B-Wings at Bruskins too, dude, wasn't that such a good time? Uh, it was. I mean, number one, the fact that uh, we were able to put on or, or, or I mean, all you guys were able to put on such a, a great shindig to support an awesome cause that that takes the cake. That's number one right there. But the the frosting on the cake to be able to meet so many awesome people, hang out with so many awesome fans. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a two for one deal that you just could not beat. I like that little two for one deal. It's not even a Toys R Us ninety percent off sale. It's <laughs> it's two for one. Yeah, it was just so much fun. I mean, Rogue Squad Pod was there, which I thought was awesome. Uh, Mopar himself, finally yep. getting to meet him in person, and then he had the guys from the Sci Fi Geeks crew, which was really good. I mean, it was just such a great bevy of characters. You can, <laughs> including Starbecue over there, talking about a bevy of characters. <laughs> Fode knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, he'd agree. He would totally agree, and Mr. B there as well. But, Mike, listen. All right, Home One Hangout, give me the rundown. How did Home One Hangout start, man? Because, you know, you've heard us talk about Brick City and how we started off, but I have a funny feeling Home One Hangout's got their own little shindig and their own little thing going on there in terms of its origin story. Well, you know, it was funny because uh, I think it was not long after The Force Awakens had come out, and uh, I was like, you know, I want to do – something to kind of get involved with the fan community. And I didn't really know what I'm not really a creative. Like I I've dabbled in writing. I have zero artistic skills. So it's like, I don't know what I could possibly do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was listening to a lot of star Wars podcasts and I was like, I could do that maybe. And uh, so I got with my buddy, Matt, who I've collaborated on with tons of stuff in the past, but we've always kind of, it's always fallen to the wayside. And uh, I was like, you know, dude, I want to do a podcast. Would you mind helping me out? And I don't think he knew that he was literally getting roped in to do the whole thing with me. So (laughs) I kind of, I I volunteer, I drafted him without him knowing. There you go. uh, Yeah. And uh, 
luckily we you know we stuck it out we started in i think july of 2016 and uh been going ever since and you know i've been winging it the whole way i don't have any audio recording training i don't have any tech training you know but luckily podcasting is relatively easy to do as long as you have something to talk about and good people to talk about it with you can make good entertaining stuff and so many people out there have been able to do it especially in regards with star wars and uh so I'm glad I started it, and it's been so much fun because I've got to meet so many awesome people. I mean, forget even making a show. I've gotten more out of this than I've been able to give to anybody, period. That's, that is such a good freaking way of putting it. I mean, it's so funny that after Force Awakens, we all started to say, well, maybe I should start doing a podcast. For Brick City, of course, it was February. For you guys, it was July. You know, Rebel Chatter, Rebel Cause did it. In February as well, literally a day after we started the podcast, oh, wow. Rebel Cause fired up. And it's so funny. I, I keep reflecting on it, and I've never had the chance to have a conversation with somebody who started around the same time as us other than, of course, Rebel Cause. But, Mike, there is something special about those months and even weeks following The Force Awakens that re- truly motivated us. Did you feel that vibe too? I did too. And I think, you know, maybe when you get down to it, Maybe it had something to do with, you know, this was Force Awakens was the very first Star Wars film not made by George Lucas. It was made by fans. It was supported by fans. And that might have stirred something in the creative spirit of other fans to be like, well, look, you know, fans really are involved in the making of Star Wars. Maybe I can make something, too. Mm. And maybe that had something to do with it. That's a really good point. I mean, I'd be curious if anybody out there who's listening to this episode of Make the Jump, I mean, hit Mike and I up, please. Like, yeah. when you started a podcast, I would love to see, actually, you know what, Mike? I'm going to do this. And let's retweet this out. All the podcasters out there, give us your origin dates of, like, when you started your podcast. And That's cool. Let's do a timeline and just see, because it would just be great to see the stats, I feel, for when these podcasts started firing up. Of course, there's some out there that have been doing it 15 plus years. You know who you are. We looked at you when we were getting started (laughs) and we were like, yo, maybe I can be like you someday. But please, I mean, I think we got to do it because I think that if, especially for the people who listen to us, the home one hangout listeners, the brick city listeners, origin stories are so important to that. And much like origin stories with star Wars, Mike, you know, obviously we're coming out of the last Jedi here. And we're getting super excited because now that Solo's out of the way, and it's crazy to think within, like, what, a few months we got Last Jedi and then Solo, a Star Wars story. I mean, that boggles my mind still. But now we're heading towards Episode Nine. More recently, we got a little bit of a tidbit that was kind of dropped out of nowhere. Uh, Hollywood Reporter and a lot of other people reporting that Mr. Billy D, the D himself, Colt 45, is going to be returning to the Star Wars universe, according to these reports. Are you excited, Mike? Because I've heard a lot of different people out there saying, you know what, it's cool that he's coming back, but I, I just I, we're not sure whether it's going to add what we need to it or it's if it's going to extract. It, it's kind of a middle game right now. When I first heard it, I think the first thing that went through my head was, well, he should have been in The Last Jedi, but that's okay. Right. Uh, so... But I don't want to say maybe I'd be afraid that some people might think that they're trying to put a Band-Aid on the passing of Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, you know, well, you know, we already killed off Han Solo. And now, I mean, I'm going to assume they have a plan for or they're working on a plan for the character of Leia. 
But, you know, I'm afraid some people will automatically go to the negative as like, well, they're just trying to bring back another classic character to try and fill in. And uh, I don't honestly think that's the case, but I'm I'm excited. I love Billy D. Williams. I got to see him uh, in his uh, smooth talking uh, stage uh, appearance down in a celebration in Orlando. And the guy is just cool. (laughs) I mean, I, I can't wait if he is confirmed to be coming back for episode nine uh, i cannot wait to see lando billy d's uh representation of lando back on the big screen again we're coming right off a of solo where we saw lando himself as donald glover and now we're getting billy d williams in episode nine if all the reports are true and what's exciting about that mike which has got me super pumped too and you bring it up right there is that yeah you know what we do have there is that of course, we're going to all walk into the theater and say, oh, you know, Carrie Fisher passing away. You know, what are they going to do with this film? That's still the underlining question. But I, I still have a funny feeling that we might still see a Han Solo tribute to his death somewhere in here. And that's where Billy D. Williams shows up. It's either there or we see him take in the form of when Leia sends out that call on crate out and messages were received. But Billy D. Williams was just not there on time. Lando Calrissian himself just couldn't answer the call at the time. What do you mm-hmm. feel makes the most sense for Billy D. in this film? What What do you think the role of Lando makes sense with Episode Nine? Because we got J.J. Abrams behind it, so you know he's going to craft it in a way that makes oh, yeah. sense. Um, I think. I mean, when you look, I mean, at the end of the Last Jedi, the Resistance is literally like a dozen people in the back of the Falcon. So, I mean, they, they, they can't go any lower without getting wiped out, so they need help. And the fact that nobody picked up the phone when they were calling means they need whatever help they can get, they have to get. And I think Lando is going to be their, their last chance. He's going to be the only person that can help. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's possible that maybe he just didn't hear the call. Maybe he wasn't there. Maybe he couldn't get through. Uh, because Lando, at the end of the day, is not someone that's going to let his friends down. And you don't just fly into a Death Star for nobody. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a really and, good uh, point. And you know, the the thing is, there's so much emotion and so much storytelling they can bring to it by bringing Lando back. You know, my my dream scenario would be, you know, he finds out Han is gone and he just throws himself into the resistance because yeah. you know, I, you know, my friend is gone. Maybe if I had gotten involved earlier, maybe if I had taken Leia seriously and not done my own thing, maybe I could have saved my buddy. So there's there's a lot of potential there for bringing him back. Yeah. I mean, there's so much development in terms of... And it's funny to say that because we think we've seen enough development with Lando. We think we've seen enough with Solo, a Star Wars story, and then, of course, what we saw in the original trilogy. But in my mind, Mike, I feel like there is still more to his story, much like there is with Leia, mm. with, like much like there was with Luke in The Last Jedi. I mean, listen... And obviously, J.J. Abrams was behind The Last Jedi. He was an executive producer on it. So he, he's he been able to work these characters throughout this trilogy, no matter what, what space he's been in. Yeah. And to see what he did with Luke Skywalker, you know, of course, working alongside Ryan Johnson, and to see that progression as a character, almost the vulnerability, it would be kind of cool to see a vulnerable Lando, somebody who's been kind of... After, you know, obviously after Endor, 
somebody who had to go back out and kind of be a smuggler again, kind yeah. of had to be, you know, go back into his role and to see that vulnerability of that character, much like Han was at the same time, having to go back to his old life. And again, I, you know, Mike, you said it perfectly. Him throwing himself back into the fight in honor of Han, because that's what Han would have done and what Han did do in the original trilogy and also in The Force Awakens. He threw himself back into the equation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It, it's so funny that we're having this conversation <laughs> a Star Wars film. Because, Mike, I don't know how you feel, but episode nine for me, I recently said on the last episode of Make the Jump that I love all the Resistance stuff and I love everything that it's going to develop. And the Billy D. Williams coming back to the Star Wars universe as Lando is fantastic. But I really want some Force lore with with Ray, even with Leia, and the development of Ben Solo, Kylo Ren himself. Because now that Snoke is gone, he's going to really tap into something much darker, I feel. What, what are your thoughts going into Episode Nine when it comes to the Force itself? Well, I mean, you know, with The Last Jedi, a lot of people trash the prequels for the throwaway throwaway line about midichlorians and they're like that ruins the mystery of the force which i honestly don't think it does Uh but you get to the last jedi whether whatever you think about it whether you think it was great whether you think it was okay or not there was a lot of just force lore mysterious kind of stuff in there like you know we've never you didn't know that two people could connect across a galaxy like that and Mm. and now that snoke is gone they still have that connection too Snoke isn't even holding it together now, and the two of them still had it at the very end of the film. So, if anything, I think the Force is probably still awakening. You have these two gigantic Force users that are are diametrically opposed to each other, just as Snoke said, you know, the darkness rises and the light to meet it. And those two stars are still shining and growing. Uh, I think the Force is only going to get deeper. You see Force ghosts manipulating the physical world. You yeah. see, I mean, you just see a ton of Force stuff going on. And, I mean, wh- I mean, what else could they possibly think up? I mean, uh-huh. look, at, look at the Clone Wars. Look at the Rebels. Look at the, how deep they go into the Force. And they haven't hit the bottom yet. So, no. uh, man, I mean, I, it's, it's hard to speculate. But I think we're going to see some very interesting things when it comes to Rey and Kylo in episode nine and their abilities and even how the force possibly manifests itself. Wow. I mean, the manifestation of the force is something that, I mean, it kind of, I guess Dave Filoni kind of touched upon it in the clone war series a little bit when we see the arc of Yoda going and of course running into Darth Bane and getting to know really the true nature of where the force came from. And uh, a lot of the stuff, number one, if I if I ever find out that J.J. Abrams crafted episode nine and Dave Filoni shows up on the screen, is I'm going to freak out. It's going <laughs> to make sense because what you're talking about is very similar to what Dave Filoni has done across his career, even mm-hmm. with George and what we've been seeing with Rebels and maybe what we see continuing to Resistance as well. But that's a conversation for a whole, a whole other time. Um, but episode nine... And, something I continue to reflect upon. It's fantastic that the last Jedi is on Netflix. Number one, yeah. you can go back and you can pause things and look at them now and re- really look at, you know, different aspects of what Luke was speaking about. 
Um, and inside the cave on Octu, not the one that Ray eventually goes to to try to find answers, but within the meditation chamber, we have that pool there, and mm-hmm. we have the light in the dark, and the yin and the yang is how I look at it. And to be to to be bluntly, uh, just straightforward about this, when Ray looks at that, I I, I think back directly to. I'm wondering if that's the first moment that she felt that connection that Snoke could bridge the minds between her and Kylo. That dark and light coming together. That yin and the yang. And I always go back to that. I'm thinking about like the dojo mindset, but um, how with the light there is the dark and there has to be both in existence for there to be balance. And I, it's, it's so funny, but Luke Skywalker kind of touches upon it in... The Last Jedi, where he says to say that the Force is just something that the Jedi hold the Jedi holds its vanity. He learned that straight from watching Palpatine and Vader almost destroy him. Yeah, that that there there is this power, and that through the Force, somebody who is bad can be good, and somebody who is good can become bad. Yeah, and it's so funny. But heading into Episode Nine, I want to see that connection between Rey and Kylo. I want to see. Ray kind of touch upon the dark side and really kind of turn herself and then come back and then Ben Solo as well. I guess we've kind of seen that, Mike, a little bit when he tried to, first of all, take out Leia in The Last Jedi. He, he kind of touched upon the light and then returned back to the dark, I guess you could say. Yeah, well, I mean, that right there, there was echoes of, uh, you know, I'll say old school Vader from, from like the Legends material that there was always that spark of Anakin that Vader could not extinguish. And mm-hmm. there's kind of that same, I mean, he is Vader's grandson. And as dark as he is trying to be, there is some spark in there that he can't get rid of. And that's why he couldn't bring himself to kill his mother. So there, there is that, like right there, he's just imbalanced. He's in the dark side. So it, I mean, just the concept of him from force awakens saying, you know, I feel the pull to the light. Like it's a bad thing. You're hearing a Jedi in reverse, literally, mm. you know, you know, whereas a Jedi would say, you know, I feel the dark side. I feel it tempting me. It's an absolute reversal, which I think is brilliant, a very unique way of going about uh, a dark sider and a bad guy that's in process. And, uh, I would, I would really like to see that struggle between the two of them. And it'd be interesting to have them that light in the dark there. Cause they kind of did it with, uh, the same thing with Luke and Vader. When you see yeah. them in the throne room, Luke is getting tempted by the dark side and the light side is calling to Vader at the same time. Yeah. And that's in its most simplest aspect, the power of the force in that moment. And it totally confused Palpatine in Return of the Jedi. He mm-hmm. never expected Vader to pick him up and throw no. him over the edge. Much like Snoke did not expect Kylo to turn the saber on him yeah. to, you know relinquish him and and that is i keep going back to it that's what makes the last jedi such a great film for star wars fans as much as the negativity in the community will say one thing um it really does touch upon so many different aspects and to be honest with you does it does it set up episode nine it doesn't really have to It, it just gives us what we needed with luke skywalker that was the big thing for me was luke skywalker a big thing for you with episode uh Eight, the last Jedi itself. Like I can imagine, I, I think we all kind of geeked out, but I'm sure you geeked out too. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's like a lot of people. It's really weird to see 
a, a character who would be, you know, a childhood hero. And when you show up, they're not the same person at all. In fact, they've, they've completely turned their back on who they are. Um, it's, it's interesting because one of my favorite Luke moments actually is in Battlefront 2. Oh. And uh, it's when he goes to the cave on Pelio with uh, the Emperor's vault, and he's there with uh, one of the Inferno members, and he saves his life. And the, the Imperial says, well, why did you do that? And Luke says, because you asked. And it's wow. such a great Luke moment post Endor where he gets it. But then you fast forward, you know, 30 odd years and that's not him anymore. So I think that was really bold, but then they brought him back to where he was, you know, when he's facing down figuratively facing down Kylo on crate, he's where he was in the throne room. He gets it. Um, yeah. He's just got a little bit more sass, which makes it fun. <laughs> he's almost he's almost got a little bit of obi-wan sass going on so it's like it, yeah. off. it just came, took a couple decades and yeah. uh, but man it, i know people complained about uh luke in this movie and stuff and i and and don't get me wrong i have plenty of complaints about uh the last jedi of course none of it that's ruining it for me and at the end of the film you do get luke back and it's such it's such a beautiful thing when he comes right back to where he was and you're like, there's Luke and he saves the day. You get your hero back. And I mean, I, I don't think that's the last we're going to see of Luke. I'm just going to say that. I don't uh, think that's the, the end of Luke. That was actually going to be my next question to you. <laughs> well placed. Well freaking placed, Mike. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. I was talking with Jim Roberts here at the network. And one of he's a huge Luke fan, number one, Jim. I'm shouting you out. He's such a huge Luke fan. And he, he was fascinated by the progression of Luke in The Last Jedi. And uh, I still even go back to the scene on Octu when Yoda appears. And he says, how I've missed you so to Luke. And, of course, he burns down the forest tree, which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and Luke is so worried about the Jedi texts. And he's so worried about the books. And Yoda says the line specifically, there's nothing in those books that Ray hasn't already learned. Which I think caught Luke off guard because he kind of got an idea when they first entered the tree. And he said, you know, Ray from nowhere. Yeah, you're from nowhere, actually. Yeah. Um, he, he was starting to get a, a sense of who she truly is. And ah, those Jedi texts, man. I know they appeared in the latest Star Wars comic again. Um, with a pork in it, which totally made it worthwhile. Uh, <laughs> pick up at the comic book store. But what fascinates me about those Jedi texts, because the comic book shows Ray kind of going through them, I, I just—it's kind of like what Luke went, what Luke went through after um, Empire Strikes Back is what Ray is going through at the end of the Last Jedi. Mm. That same experience of I went, I tried to turn my enemy. I tried to get in, you know, face them for once, and I didn't. Co it didn't come out the way that I wanted to. Yeah. And now that she has access to these texts, and but Yoda says that she doesn't need them. But I feel like Ray is going to really dig into these deep, Mike. And are we going to see a similar progression? Do you feel with Ray going into Episode Nine that we saw with Luke going into Return of the Jedi? 
because I would nerd out completely if she showed up with black robes on and pulled, <laughs> pulled it off and tried to convince a smuggler to release her friends. <laughs> um, well, you know, the thing is, I think everything that Luke was accusing of the Jedi of old was technically true, mm-hmm. but he took it too, he took it too far. He took it to the Jedi need to end, which is not the case. Cause I'll go back to one of my all time favorite characters, Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm. I, I truly believe he was Qui-Gon. exactly what the Jedi were supposed to be. Yeah. He, I mean, he understood, he understood the doctrine of the Jedi but didn't become a legalist slave to it. Right. Like the other Jedi had. Uh, you know, we, we did a whole episode on Qui-Gon Jinn. I'm, I'm convinced that if he had lived, Anakin never would have fallen to the dark side. It's a really good point. Um, but I think at the, and at the end of The Last Jedi, Luke comes back from that. He comes back from that edge of the Jedi need to end. So he still has that knowledge of the Jedi's mistakes in the past, and he knows how not to do them. Right. So he doesn't have to end the Jedi. And I think Ray was all is already in that state of mind of mm-hmm. where the Jedi should be and what they should do. And she doesn't know the past mistakes that they've made, but I, I don't think that's in her head. I don't think that's she could go where those Jedi are. Now I mean granted you could make the argument that over the next, you know, thousand generations they could end up in the same place they did in the Clone Wars. Right. But, uh I I think the Jedi are going to, if they're coming back, they're going to be right where they should be, where Luke was going to be leading them before his order was destroyed by his horrible mistake. Um, oh man, I, I, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> Forgive me, because I know you don't like the, that era, a new Jedi order. Mm, uh, no, it's I'm, true. I, I, I'm really excited to see a new Jedi order, because we didn't we didn't get to see it. And I mean, they might put it in... in upcoming comics and books and stuff mm-hmm. what Luke was trying to build because it's still keeping really tight on that period of time but to see it reborn and be the way it should be I'm excited I'm really excited a lot of the stuff when we first you know obviously with the rebuilding of the Jedi after you know we saw a lot of the conflicts between early on between the Jedi and the Sith Wars and we saw kind of the old Republic type stuff move into the new age. We see Yoda come into the picture as a Jedi master. We see that refoundation of the Jedi in Coruscant, the Jedi temple. A lot of that stuff started refocusing itself and then mm-hmm. it fell apart. And to be honest with you, and like you said, a lot to be honest to a lot of the fans, we never saw that redevelopment. It was always stagnant. There, there was never really a rise. We saw little bits and pieces where we saw Kanan Jarrus. We saw Quinlan Voss. We saw, uh, obviously, Rey, and we saw Luke Skywalker. And to a certain extent, Leia, uh, the progression of what she held in herself that was the Force. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And I know a lot of people are going to say it. I wasn't a big fan of it until you just mentioned it because yeah. it makes sense now. It makes sense coming out of The Last Jedi. That Luke says the Jedi are going to end. Rey says, uh-uh. And I would love to see Rey carry on that Qui-Gon Jinn mindset. Qui-Gon, and I mean, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode, by the way. Um, we're going to share out that link, by the way, about right. the Qui-Gon Jinn stuff, because that is important heading into the near future here with Star Wars. And his whole concept was it's not about the brute power. 
It's about what you do with the force and how you're able to adapt yourself to your surroundings. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do that even more than Yoda was. You know, and yeah. he was able to transcend himself into the force so that he could still speak with people. That is something Yoda knew existed, but he could never do it himself until Qui-Gon Jinn was able to truly explore that pathway. So that truly tells you what the power of the force is. And yeah. if Ray can tap into that, maybe the Jedi texts are going to hold some. I mean, number one, if she opens up the book in episode nine and it talks about the transition into the force and suddenly Qui-Gon Jinn's writing is in there, like there's a journal from Qui-Gon. Oh my God. <laughs> service, but it makes sense. It yeah. would make complete sense that amongst the ancient Jedi texts, Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, Luke was able to get his hands on that book and slip it right on in there, thanks to Obi-Wan, along his journeys. And if we see that progression, man, I will be super, super happy because what a place to showcase him. Yeah. What a place to showcase him. And I and whether we see that physically happen, who knows? But that's what's going on with episode nine heading forward. Mike, one of the other things I gotta talk to you about here, man. And it, it's just Star Wars podcaster to Star Wars podcaster. Um, is as a Star Wars podcaster, it, it's been a very interesting journey. We are kind of, I'm kind of connecting this to our first discussion a little bit, but it's been a very interesting journey in terms of how we've been able to get our voices out there and how we've been able to spread the good word of the Star Wars universe and our passions. And it's funny, I recently was talking to somebody over at the local mall right across from me, uh, the Fox Run Mall, which we'll be having our event on very soon, uh, along with Starlight Children's Foundation. And I was talking to an employee over at FYE who listens to the podcast and is is a subscriber. And they said to me, they said, you know, Robin, I'm, I'm really fascinated in how you were able to start a podcast. And I said, well, you know, I said, I'm not the only one out there. There's people like Home One Hangout. There's people like Making Star Wars. There's people like San Diego Sabres and Rebel Cause. There's so many different people out there that are, have started podcasts and have been able to work their voice into the community and have been able to be successful in doing so. And they said, well, they said, I'm not so sure that I can do it. And as a podcaster, you kind of take a step back. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, Mike. And you say, ah, you said you can't do it. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, hold on a second. Now, I, I want to get your uh, thoughts on this because I was kind of meditating on it last night after this individual had spoken to me about it. But a lot of people out there think it is tough to get into the podcasting world. They feel like it's a huge investment. It's something that's going to consume a crap load of money and is something that they have to invest 24-7 into when it is completely the opposite. Yeah, And it's something I continue to think about ever since this person brought it up. (laughs) And I'm curious to get your thoughts on that because it sounds like you started just like us. Is it really that hard? (laughs) Because I don't think so in my end. No. It's not. Uh, I've had conversations with uh, other people that have talked about getting into podcasts, not necessarily Star Wars, but just uh, you know other stuff. And it is not that hard. I mean, I am, I've said this before, I am extremely low tech. I literally have my microphone and a computer. That is 
it. That is all I have. I don't have a soundboard. I don't have a yep. studio. I don't have any of that stuff. I want that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Oh, oh yes. One day I'm going to make it. I'm going to get there. There you go, Mike. <laughs> but uh, you don't need it. Uh, you know, I remember one time I was uh, chatting with uh, Bobby Roberts, who used to be on Full of Sith mm-hmm. on Facebook. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, what is your, like, preferred tech setup? Just getting ideas and stuff like that. And, and he rattled off, like, the, the different hardware and stuff he had. He's like, but honestly, you, you don't need it. He said, as long as you can just, you know, carry a conversation and sound good, you're good. And, you know, I took that to heart. And uh, that that is all you need. You need, this is what you need. You just need to take the time to make the show. And you need people to talk with about stuff. That is literally it. And like I said earlier uh, in the show, you will get more out of podcasting than you put into it. Bar none. Uh, the people you will meet, the conversations you will have are going to pay back tenfold whatever you put into it. And mm. uh, I, I am a better person. I'm a better fan for getting into podcasting. Uh, it has changed who I am as a fan in Star Wars, and uh, I've grown. It's uh, just for just for the sheer therapeutic benefit. Get into podcasting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm yeah. like for real. <laughs> so true. Doesn't mean you have to roll up the sticky green and smoke it just to make you feel make yourself feel good. Uh uh-uh. uh Pop yeah. out a microphone and and take some of that stuff in. That that's the stuff you should be enjoying. You're right. It is therapeutic. It is something that. Every single day, we kind of take a step back, especially, you know, I work in education, I work with kids all day, and I come home, and sometimes it just really knocks me out, and I feel tired, but you know what, I pop in the microphone, or I pop up my phone in the audio recorder with a microphone, and I say, you know what, one of the best ways to get that stress out is to talk about what you're passionate about, and, 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 just, and just get it out there, and one of the hardest things I think that people have a hard you know, have a hard time comprehending is that, well, then I have to invest in an RSS feed. You have to, we went through SoundCloud to start and it was free and you're able to share it out and you're able, there's so many different free ways to get your voice out there. Yeah. It really is. Our, our problem, you know, we started and we're still, we're still hosted. Our feed is still hosted on Podbean and Mm. Podbean is wicked easy. I would I would suggest Podbean to anyone getting started out. It's, it, it helps really easy to get started. But we started on their free service as well. Uh, yeah. And then it turned out we had so much to talk about. We were outgrowing our ability to still use that. Right. So I have to get I have to put only a little bit of money in to be able to get more of our content out because we grew beyond that because we were talking about so much stuff. So, yeah, it's it, and also don't be afraid. Thinking there's no help. Because you have all these online, you know, you got Podbean, you got SoundCloud, you have those things. But get with other podcasters. They will help you. They will give you advice. They will encourage you. You know, I told you when I met you up in Lancaster, my number one rule about podcasting is supporting other podcasters. Yes. We are a family unto ourselves. We're a community. We need to stick together and help each other. And I, I will support and encourage any podcaster out there and what they want to try to accomplish. Hell yeah, man. That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfectly, perfectly put because it's what it is all about. It's it's not this, oh, you got to listen to this one, not that one. You got to listen to this podcast because they do this different than this podcast. 
No, each podcast has its own style. Each podcast has its own thing that it does. And whether you feel like listening to Fullisith one day and then listening to Home One Hangout the next day, Brick City one day, and then Steel Wars the next day and get your little bit of Australian comedy in there. <laughs> that, that's, you have the power to do that because we're doing this for free. I, I think some people think like, oh, you're, you're, are you getting paid for this? Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Because we're passionate about something and we want to share that with you. Yeah, I think, I think there's this big misconception. I've talked to so many people. Every time I say that I run a podcast network, they come up to me. Oh, how much are you making? It's like, take the price point out of it. Take the freaking price point out because yeah. it's not there. It doesn't yeah. exist. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a, a Mercedes-Benz microphone. I'm talking into <laughs> it. You, <know? laughs> you don't like have I, that C-class one? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you know, I'm, I'm doing this partly because I'm greedy because I get a lot out of it. But, you know, I, I've gotten – you know, I've gotten messages and chatted with people about how much they enjoy the stuff that that me and Matt and Chuckles put out. Yeah, and that that the the feeling you get from that, yes. you can't compare that to something to to anything else. When someone says, "Wow, I really enjoyed that," or the, "That really made me think," and you stop and think, "Wow, I you know I did that. I contributed to that." Uh, I there's nothing else like it. I mean, so no, I'm a little bit greedy. I'm a little selfish in doing podcasting because I get a lot out. I'm going to admit that. <laughs> Listen, nothing is more selfish than Jabba the Hutt on a sail barge trying to get a little bit of pleasure out of kicking some old Jedi down into a Sarlacc pit and then <laughs> losing a bounty hunter over it too, even though he may still exist. I mean, it, it's, it's a weird place, man. And I think as long as we can continue that conversation as podcasters and tell people that, you know what, we, we're doing this because of you. We're doing this because we want to talk to you. Like that, that's, that's the biggest piece that I think has to be made clear to fandom. And obviously we've seen it across social media more recently. When podcasts come together, some pretty powerful stuff can happen. Yeah. Um, we can truly make a difference in not only just somebody's life, but an entire community's uh, dynamic. It, it's absolutely fascinating to watch that happen. And if we can continue to do that amongst all the things happening in this world today, I, I'll be happy. I'll come home. I'll pop myself open a beer. I'll go sit down and I'll pop in a microphone, man. I mean, that's, that, that's one of the best things we can do continuing forward, I feel. And the thing is, is that because it's so unexpected. Yeah. I, I never thought... I didn't really think through the process of I'm going to put my voice on the internet and it literally will be available to anybody with a computer or a phone. Yeah. I never really thought about that. And then when you start getting that feedback and you realize you're doing something, you're contributing something, you want to do it more and you want to contribute, want to whatever it gives people, you want to give more. And I think, I think that's one of the unique things in, in podcasting is it keeps you coming back that ability to be able to in, in a way even help some people uh which of course i mean with like when podcasts go to the point of you know rebel cause and what they're doing they're they're making a tangible difference in the world as well yes um it's it's a beautiful thing absolutely and you can kind of sit back and say wow that's exactly what should be happening right now in the podcasting community. And it's so great to watch the progression of rebel cause 
and the progression of all these podcasts. I mean, every day I'm looking on Twitter, a new podcast pops up. And it's so great to see that more and more people want to get their voice out there. Listen, a flooded feed is better than a feed with the same stuff every freaking day. And I'll take that over anything in this world. I'll take it over freaking peanut butter pie if I have to. And that's a a tough pull. That's a real tough pull with a big guy like me. But uh, Mike, listen. All right, before I conclude this show, I always ask one of the most quirky questions in the Star Wars universe to whoever we have on Make the Jump. And this one's coming way out of left field. I don't even think that Mookie Betts could fly this one out and catch it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Anything. I know, I know, but I'm not so sure he can fly out this question and Uh, grab it because that green monster might just get in the way. But let's take a look at this question right here. If you were a stormtrooper, what would your TK number be? Oh man. Oh. Mookie Betts is already running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cross the streams. TK007. Mmm. Mmm. Yo, you just made a connection between the James Bond universe and the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Holy a big crap. Bond fan. Are uh, you really? Which Bond movie is your favorite? Oh man. Um it is a tough tie, tough tie uh-huh. between Goldfinger and Skyfall. Ooh, wow, two different generations. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's, it's, man, it's tough because Skyfall, it just felt so James Bond, and there's a lot of hate for that movie, and I there don't is. know why. Um, it, it's, it was so good. I mean, it's uh, because Casino Royale was so good too. Yeah, but that's true. Um, there's, there's just something. That, there, there's something so quintessential about Bond in both of those films, and I think Sean Connery captured it, and I think Daniel Craig does a great job of capturing it. And some reason, those two movies, it's it's just always neck and neck with me. Uh, it, it depends on how I feel because I have all of them on DVD, so it, it depends, on, depends on when what I'm feeling. I'll pop them in every once in a while. Actually, I just looked at Skyfall today, like man, yeah, I gotta watch that again. It's been too long. Ooh. I like that. I like that. You're looking at you. You're you're giving the whatchamacallit eyes over to Skyfall. And you're telling it, I got to give you a try again. I like it. I like it. Now, man, listen, before I wrap this thing up, I got to tell you, of those two, actually, it's funny. My favorite is Skyfall. I absolutely love what that film does. And being somebody who grew up on the classic James Bond, introduced to them early on, I even remember playing the James Bond video games for and Nintendo 64 growing up. You want to really talk classic. Dude, uh, so, I'm looking at my 64 right now and GoldenEye is next to it. Oh, my man. <laughs> my man, Mike, with the 64 plugged in. You even if got we the, ever hook up, you and I are playing GoldenEye. It's oh, awesome. you know it, man. We're going to get the pizza rolls rolled out. We're going to get the high C <laughs> fruit punch packets out, man. I am so pumped. I am on my way to Pennsylvania and down to Virginia ASAP. You know that's happening. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those films that I grew up, you know, the high, like I just said, the high sea fruit punch, the pizza rolls, playing the game, watching the movies. It's just, you know, and then, of course, we get reintroduced to the James Bond universe, too. I know it's outside of Star Wars. Oh, Robin's getting outside of Star Wars. But it, <laughs> it's, it's fandom. It counts. It's fandom. It does count. And I just love what Daniel Craig did with the James Bond. 
yeah. uh, story progression and with that, I guess you could say the James Bond universe uh, in terms yeah. of films. And, uh, oh man, it, it's one of those go-tos, man. If I see it, that it's on television, I'm like, ooh, ooh. The Bondathon? Oh. Oh, the Bondathons. You might, I might as well just settle into that couch and not get up. You need to bring the food to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the Pringles pizza flavor right on down <laughs> to you. No problem whatsoever. Oh, man, Mike, this has been such an awesome, awesome conversation talking about everything happening in Star Wars and also everything happening in the freaking fandom. That's so awesome. And, of course, a little bit of a James Bond throw in right there. But it's not an episode of the Podcast Network or an episode of Make the Jump without a little thing we like to call. Do you know what this is? Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, oh man, what is it? Uh, plug time. Oh, I love what you did with that. That's just like we do it here at the network, man. <laughs> oh my Lord. Mr. Mike Moriarty, where can the good people find you across social media? Uh, well, uh, you can find me on, uh, I'm on Facebook and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at the fanboy awaits. Uh, you can, of course, find uh, the show at Home on Hangout on Facebook and on Twitter. And, uh, you know, of course, we're taking a break right now. We got uh, stuff we're doing, both me and uh, Matt and Chuckles. We, we got stuff going on in our lives. So we're going to take a break. But I've got plans. I was actually chatting with the guys today that uh, I'm going to let them in on some ideas and some plans Ooh. I got so we can start working on some stuff. And, uh, you know, shout out to Matt and Chuckles, you guys out there. You're awesome. Thank you for keeping me in line and stuff when we're doing our shows and stuff. So. You always got to have those other two to keep you in line, man. I, I, I do. That was just me talking. I wouldn't want to listen to me. I got to <laughs> I gotta have some minds <laughs> to bounce some stuff off of. And, uh, you know, I'm actually – I'm going to plug real quick. I'm actually wearing a sweet-looking uh, Brick City Blockade oh! Podcast Network shirt uh, <laughs> that I happened to get from my good friend uh, Robin. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's even rocking it, man. Oh, he's touching all the fields tonight. <laughs> Well, hey, man, it was uh, the 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 impact of so many podcasters in in one room. It was almost too awesome. I don't know how the building was still standing with everybody in there. You know, it was uh, it, it was just great. So, <laughs> meeting yeah, you, meeting Foden Bead and uh, and uh, and Steve Kirk out of nowhere. Oh my god, um, it was so great. It was uh, it was great. It's it's podcast brother love, man. That's what it is. Oh, it totally is, man. The brotherhood of Star Wars podcasters. It continues on much like IG88, Boba Fett, Bosk. That group right there is the powerhouse of Bounty Hunters. We're the powerhouse of the podcasting brotherhood. All right, guys, you can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Make sure to check me out over on Instagram at the official vote. Please make sure to follow the Brick City Blockade over on Twitter as well at BrickCitySWPC. Also, make sure to check out www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in the friendom, bringing Unity's community to a galaxy far, far away. Please make sure to head on over to TeePublic, pick up a brickcityblockade.com podcast network t-shirt, rock it like Mike is right now, get all those feels rolling, get yourself a copy of GoldenEye for Nintendo 64, (laughs) and rock it the right way. Please also make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, do all the good stuff happening in a galaxy not too too far away mike thank you so much for coming on make the jump my brother we'll be talking real soon man oh heck yeah and when you come on the show we're gonna have to have a chat about the yuzan vong just so you know <laughs> you're gonna slip that in there god damn it oh oh 
You want to talk about taking those steals and throwing it right into a select pit? That's what Mike just did right there, man. Nah, no, I'm kidding with you. <laughs> bong for life, baby. Let's use on bong, man. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as we always say, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Always.